Welcome to the International Pencil Day. Come join us as millions of Americans come together to celebrate graphite. You think we're kidding. It sounds exactly (laughs) like that. Hello, and welcome to episode 92 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Welfley. I am on hosting duties for the night, and I am joined by my uh, my good friend and confidential informant, uh, Tim Wassum. And we uh, we have a, a glaring omission tonight. Johnny is not joining us. He had some, mm. uh, some family duties pop up. Um, really, I was telling Tim that we're in a big fight, and we're not really speaking right now. I was not on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can resolve that. But, um, the, the Wopex is the Yoko of the erasable podcast. Yes, yes it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, um, because, <laughs> because Johnny, uh, you know, is, is so hard to replace, we actually have to find two people to do it. Um, we have in our virtual erasable <laughs> studios, we have, uh, Jess Letcomen and, uh, Chris Jones, um, two people we've known for a long time through the, uh, erasable podcast group, um, New York City residents, and now they have a new pencil blog, Graphite Confidential, which we'll uh, talk about a little later. So, uh, Chris, hello. How are you? Hello. I am very well tonight. How are you? Very good. And uh, Jess, hello, and how are you? Hey, I'm great, and I'm here. And I'm Yay. Ready. You are You are both here. So thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, so um, we're definitely going to talk about their, uh, their new blog um, because it's one of the most original ideas for a blog I've heard in a long time. So immediately when they launched that, we kind of talked amongst ourselves and said, hey, we have to see if they want to come on the show and talk about it. And it's one of those topics that you know we'll get to, but it's one of those topics that we have talked about before, like in private, saying we'd love to talk about that, but we don't know enough about it to yeah. actually talk <laughs> about it, So, which is like super exciting to have somebody who knows what they're, <laughs> what they're talking about. So we're, so, we're excited So maybe excited just for to, that. to give people a little bit of a teaser um, – Chris or Jess, can you give us like the elevator pitch of what your of what your blog mm-hmm. is? Uh, basically, it's advertising pencils, which is just a, a fancy way of saying all those pencils that random shops across America used to make as like little calling cards for their businesses. We amassed a crazy you know collection and just wanted to know what are these businesses, and we found out crazy stories that like just feel like a little bit of like this American life of pencils. Hell yeah! Just That's a, awesome. Yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm just let come in. This is this is this American pencil. Our story Basically. <laughs> awesome. So, so if only. Yeah. So tonight we'll be uh, traveling back in time a bit to um, to talk about some of these stories. But before we do there, um, let's uh, hang out and talk about our tools of the trades. So, um, uh, Jess, I know you've listened to the show, and also I should have probably asked you this before we went live. But do you prefer Jessica or do you prefer Jess? Everybody calls me Jess, so okay. it's like a moot point. <laughs> <laughs> I call you Jess because I've heard Chris call you Jess in the group, so that's yeah, why. that's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. He never asked me either. Yeah, <laughs> it just started doing. <laughs> it. Well, um, but it was decades ago, so he's fine. Exactly, <laughs> that's good. It was it was 1987. I was young. I was foolish. So we're talking about tools of the trade, right? We are. Um, maybe start off with kind of like some of the books or media or movies that you're consuming and then also what you're, what you're using right now, if anything, to write with. Absolutely. So I've been reading a lot of books, um, especially, you know, as we got Graphite Confidential underway. So they're super old-timey stuff. 
Um, I just read Jacob Reese's How the Other Half Lives, which is like basically like a scathing indictment of like how the poor were treated in turn of the century in New York. Um, I just read like a guidebook to the city of New York from 1892, which is like fascinating. They have like pictures of the inside of the Remington typewriter factory, which is like on a random like office building on Broadway and like the Eberhard Faber offices, which are like, it's like a dimly lit, you know, whatever. It's Greenpoint. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then I just read a biography of uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, which connected, uh, you know, as we'll find out later with a story that I ended up writing for Graphite Confidential. Um, And in terms of, oh, you know, and one day when I was just sitting here, I was rereading Caroline Weaver's The Pencil Perfect book, which on Mm. second read is better, even better than the first time, because I have a lot more context for it now. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. so you know that's what I'm what what I'm reading. Um, in terms of movies, you know, Chris and I felt like we saw like a million movies in 2017, but we're slow to get started in 2018. But we are so beyond geek to see Isle of Dogs, the new Wes Anderson movie tomorrow. Yes. Like, that looks we amazing. just figured out that yeah, he he did a Q and A like down the street from us at like the most twee Western Wes Anderson theater, like the Metrograph. <laughs> Like a block away from CW Pencils yesterday, and we somehow didn't know about it. So they, they made they made you sit in the oh. theater like very symmetrically. <laughs> you joke, but that would be my dream. <laughs> yes, I don't think we're going to get that close to here, but I'm dying to see that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll and take then it to Asheville a, or something. Yeah, and then I'm a music person, so. Uh, I'm also very, very geeked because Jack White is playing a record release show at a small club in Brooklyn tomorrow, Ooh. and a friend of mine hooked hooked up tickets to that. So we're what? we're gonna we're gonna be in a very small room with Jack White tomorrow. So that's what? not Chris, just me and some oh. other guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't get to I don't oh get to go, God. so I I share your your angst and jealousy, Tim. Oh God, I'm like I'm like it hurts my ch- like I'm having like chest pains right now. That's <laughs> I, I saw a picture of him playing a show. Uh, it was like a week ago, and actually Jason Isbell had retweeted it. But it was a picture of him playing guitar Amazing. on stage, and he was playing a uh, <laughs> an Eddie Van Halen like model guitar, oh. which was like such a I don't know. It's just like a weird anachronistic thing to see him. You don't think Jack White playing like a, a heavy metal guitar, but he was he was working it. He could he could play anything. But oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I gosh, would love to see so that jealous. picture. That's of him. gonna be awesome. Yeah. So that's 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 what I'm consuming, which I know is a long list. I apologize. No, it's all right. No, it's great. Tim and has then, like uh, two things, and he just like spends like you know half an hour. On it, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, no, that's true. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. That's uh, fine. I'm I'm a list kind of person, so yeah. <laughs> I just r- run through them. Um, as far as writing with, um, as you probably guessed from Graphite Confidential, I love vintage pencils. So even like just in regular everyday, uh, I've got a a general's torch number three that is a go-to at work uh at home i tend to use an eberhard Faber third school number two both of those are from the vintage case at cw um and then uh, another favorite that i kind of carry around with me is a bloomingdale's pencil for store use only that is one of our one of our you know advertising pencil finds from the 60s and i just you know that's what i use in my planner and stuff like that um as far as what like I write on, well, Chris and I both, um, we, we have two of the right notepads, like small ledgers. And like, instead of having a spreadsheet of all these advertising pencils, for whatever reason, we sat there and 
wrote out, wrote them out in a spreadsheet in these ledgers. So it's like oh, super wow. 1963 in our house. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and they're written like in our own special like shorthand code. Oh yeah, we made up codes for like if it's got a parole or you know like is it you know a hex or a round pencil and what else the markings are, what state is it from? It's it's super super silly. Um, and for my like journal, I've got a. Princeton Architectural Press makes some really weird, interesting uh, journals and blank books. And they've got a grids and guides mm. notebook that has like log rhythms and you yeah, know, polar do. graphs and stuff like that. And that's what I'm using lately love, a lot. I'm I sorry. Go those. ahead. I love those yeah. those notebooks. Yeah, I've got that. I got one where we you know did our logo in it and all kinds of other stuff going on. Um, and then, of course, assorted field notes. Um, I'm currently upset until the coastal edition came out like the other day, I was completely obsessed with the alphabet soup. So that's, that's, you know, sort of my, my world right now. That's my list. Nice. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? What are your tools of today's trade? Uh, well, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, consuming, listening to the new 1857 podcast. Yay. Really enjoying that. I, so I, I didn't really know Stuart Lennon, before this, but I think he's the perfect counterpoint to TJ. Um, yes. I, so he, um, so I was listening to the episode about, I guess it was about values and they were, they were talking about what they're currently drinking. They do kind of a similar thing. And, and, um, Stuart goes, I, I, I'm enjoying a, just a, I'm enjoying a drop of Chianti. And then TJ's like, I have a Bud Light, <laughs> which is yeah, in his in his Irish accent. But yeah, I, I think I think they have great chemistry over there. Yeah, that's I really enjoy that one. Um, and then I blame a friend of the show, Harry Marks. I blame him for getting me interested in the Print Run podcast. Um, it's a, uh, by two literary Ooh. agents based out of Minneapolis, and it's just it's witty banter and on air drinking and like all the, all the things you love about podcasts. <laughs> yeah. All the best things about podcasts <laughs> on air drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the West wing weekly. Oh yes. Yes. I am very excited awesome. to, they're doing a live show here in New York in April. Uh, and Aaron Sorkin That's right. is the guest. And I'm super excited to, that we got tickets to go to that. He bought them months ago. Yeah. He made me write them down in my planner like when I first cracked it open January 1st. Yes. <laughs> Jack White uh, and Aaron Sorkin. I hate you both. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's New York. New York. What do you expect? I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't he come to Johnson City, Tennessee? I don't understand. <laughs> okay. I will yeah. ask him. Uh, but but to, you can both take solace in the fact that we missed the entire cast of Isle of Dogs. Less than two miles from our house. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just wandering uh, around. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. <laughs> probably. Yes. I wonder if they went to CW. I was going to never with Bill Murray. You never know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He was at a um, one of the Final Four games, or not the Final Four. That's not, but one of the March Madness basketball games. I was like, "Is that Bill Murray?" And Katie's like, "I think it is." Just showed <laughs> yeah, up. He, he is a huge Illini fan. Yeah. Shocked I am not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> huge Cubs fan, huge Illini fan. Yep. That's uh, right. And then reading. Um, the, <laughs> this makes me laugh in advance. Yes, because uh, as we started researching these pencils, um, 
into some of the older businesses, we stumbled across uh, like old trade journals from like the 19 teens that go back to like the 1860 or 1870s, 1870s, uh, like the American stationer, Geyer's stationer, um, for one of them, like, uh, like the national association of ice distributors, uh, <laughs> R- railroad telegrapher. Yes. The railroad telegrapher. And it just, it's fascinating to, to read these, to learn about not only the pencils, but just like seeing the ads in them for, uh, like one of my favorite ads is, um, for a, a thumbtack display that a stationer could like have on their counter to oh, display wow. thumb, thumbtacks. And it's just like such flowery language <laughs> of like how they describe their products. But you know, yeah. yeah. True story. We sit here and read it in like a, like a fake, like 1930s gangster <laughs> accent to each other. Like, hello, our favor was hello, friend, come on the... down and buy some thumbtacks. <laughs> See? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. From from Johnny Thumbtacks over here. <laughs> hey, I'm Johnny Thumbtacks. <laughs> no, but it has stuff in there like Everhard Faber, like being the Toastmaster on a yacht on the Long Island Sound with like Joseph, you know, with Joseph Dixon Company executives or whatever. And you're just like, I was on my yacht. See? <laughs> like what? <laughs> we love uh, that. Anyway, go on, Chris. Sorry. Uh... Yeah, so then, and again, uh, just watching whatever comes in on one of the channels that we get on the antenna. Uh, <laughs> law and order reruns. Law, 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 <laughs> a lot of law and order reruns. Um, and then writing with, I am obsessed with the Microtomic 2B and 3B. Uh, hmm. I, like, I like softer pencils. Um, like, just prefers like you know the F grade or like super high H. Yeah. But, like, give me a big soft pencil and I'm happy. We're like Jack mm-hmm. Spratt. Yes. Are you using <laughs> some of the um, the untipped uh, microtomics or some of the like kind of the flared ferrule like a Blackwing? Uh, no, some of the untipped that just have cool. like the the metal end cap on them. Um, oh yeah. And then yeah. Leftover. Uh, new pink Futuras uh, that we still yeah. left over from the wedding. Um, yeah, they were our <laughs> guests, our guests with pencils at our wedding, so we ordered like 20 of them, and they still stick around. Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Eagle Drafting Pencils is somebody in the group was trading away. Uh, Dixon Flamingo, which is another, uh, it's a, has a big soft core, so I, I like that one. Yeah. And, and then just whatever new toys that we bring home from CW every weekend. <laughs> um, writing and, on. And, 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 and real quick, I should probably mention, um, how far do you two live from CW pencils? 1.5 miles. There you go. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah. An, another thing for us all to, uh, to, to envy about their <laughs> oh, circumstances. <laughs> well, I mean, at first when we started, Ridiculous. you know, like I, I told him about it and he's like, Oh yeah, let's go. And then he was like, yeah, let's go next weekend. I was like, I don't know if we should be going every weekend, but he convinced <laughs> me that it was all right. Cause it wasn't just him, a guy randomly alone. Yeah. That I think would have been <laughs> yeah. a completely different story. That would have been like, you know, a restraining order, but yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then what I'm writing on is a notebook that we got at uh, Greer Stationer in Chicago, which if you ever have a chance, 
is a fantastic place. Hmm. Um, it is a it's up by Elam Designs, is the brand, and it's just, it's like a got like a wooden cover, like a stained wooden cover, um, and so I'm using that for all my uh, notes on on Graphite Confidential, um, and then just like random field notes that I have like stuck in different pockets in my bag or at work or. Oh yeah, his his field notes. Yeah. yeah. Every so often he gets up in the yeah. middle of the night at about three o'clock in the morning and it's like, oh no, where is that night sky or whatever? And he like starts <laughs> pawing around for an hour and he's like, Jessica, get up and help me find it. And it's like somewhere <laughs> obvious, but like we spend an hour, yeah. like a week in the middle of the night, like making sure that his field notes are safe. You're going to say he just gets up in the middle of the night and just goes and stares at them. <laughs> no, he, he like <laughs> has, gets in a panic that he lost it. <laughs> oh no. <That's laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's, I think that's a that'd be a good episode title there. A week in the middle of the night. A week in the middle of the night. I like that. <clears throat> Some, when when you're waiting uh, for a quarterly release, that sometimes that's what it feels like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I think uh, I think Chris, you and I um, had something uh, special in our mailboxes today. We did. Yeah. So, so uh, pretty. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the fresh points. But uh, yes. I'm, I'm going to do a live unboxing. Uh, <laughs> cool and uh tim how about you what are you what are you consuming and writing with uh skype music first, first of all uh, what you're what'd you say to. skype music oh skype music yes yeah, yeah i've been <laughs> been putting together a jazz tribute to the skype sound uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, by consuming and by that i mean using i am not literally consuming this, but my, I got a new guitar for the first time since I was in high school, cool. I think. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been talking about, <laughs> you got me self-conscious now about my, my, uh, being no, 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 going no. over the top of the time. <laughs> like, so people, guitars are these instruments that have six yeah. strings and let me well people, let me go back to the violin first. Let me talk <laughs> yeah. about the violin first and then we'll get to the guitar. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I got a new guitar. I've been talking about uh, a guitar player named Julian Lodge lately. Uh, this album, Modern Lore, that I really like, and I went and saw him in Knoxville, and it was this amazing show. And it's gotten me... You know how like when you get really into something when you are in your 20s, and then you let it go for a while, and then you come back to it, and it feels so amazing? Like, yeah. <laughs> your brain has just been eager to have it back. Like, oh, that part of your brain that you programmed to love playing jazz on the guitar or love listening to jazz, like, has been atrophying and it just, it feels so gratifying. So I've been listening to a, a lot of jazz again and I, uh, playing my guitar a lot and a lot of it's, a lot of these old tunes and these standards are coming back and kind of my muscle memory and it actually <laughs> motivated me to make an impulse purchase, which was, you know, pretty good. But I've been meaning to get one of these <laughs> for a long time and I've been kind of saving up for it, but I got a new guitar and it's an Epiphone Emperor 2 Joe Pass, which is like a full, uh, hollow body arch top jazz guitar, which I've been meaning hmm. to get for a long time. And I love it. As I just came in. So I've been playing a lot of guitar with my Epiphone. Uh, I've been listening to the two albums I picked. I was going to talk about one is, uh, like I said, I've been getting back into jazz and I've been trying to be more familiar with old standards and the words that go with them and listening to some old Ella Fitzgerald and 
Billie Holiday and those kind of singers, but there's a newer album that's uh, called Willie Nelson Sings Gershwin, which is kind of a combination of what I've been listening to for the last couple of years and what I used to listen to. And it's uh, Willie Nelson singing some of these old Gershwin standards like Summertime and uh, Someone to Watch Over Me. And, uh, oh, that's awesome. What was the... It's so good. I bet it's he does. Such a... Yeah. Oh, it's such a good album. I feel like he and... would just get get off track or something, though. Like some some of those songs are so like like the... If they're so metered and they just rhyme so much, I feel mm-hmm. like he would just sort of like wander, which I guess would oh, he be does. putting his own spin on it. Yeah, yeah, it does, and it's great. <laughs> He's yeah, like the way you wear your, you can't take yeah, he, that away. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely looser. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty close. I think he pretty much nailed it right there. So you can either get this album or you can just listen to just hit the the thirty seconds back button on your podcatcher and you can just listen to that over and over again. <laughs> Andy um, Wuffley sings Willie Nelson singing Gershwin. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but it's a it's a really cool album. And what's the uh, they can't take that away from me. That was the song that I was listening to it. I've been listening to it all day, but I was lis- listening to it when Andy called me on Skype in the sound of the Skype tone coming into my headphones i actually mixed in with that song and i i, I missed the call so i had to <laughs> he had to call me back but it's uh it's a cool album so i check it out and then there's this band called snarky puppy have you heard of them yes no. yeah. okay snarky puppy not. is this it's kind of like a you know like big band jazz this is like millennial big band jazz or something. It's like these young people and it's a unusual format. And instead of the big, huge horn section, there's like three guitar players and it's just this big production. And actually one of the guys, the trumpet player is from Elizabethton, which is where I teach um, here in East Tennessee. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I've been, I've been listening to them and it's, it's kind of, it's definitely not like an easy in for some people, but it's it's really cool and really uh, well produced music, and and it's this big group. I bet there's twenty people in the group most of the time, um, writing or playing all original music. So check it out. They actually have a some YouTube videos that they kind of went viral a couple of years ago. They've won a, f- a few Grammys since they got started, so they've they've really taken off. But there was a uh, oh man, let me see if I can find it. Uh, there was a YouTube video that really took off it was called i'm almost there it was called shafukin oh yeah that one <laughs> show <laughs> I, 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 do i have to type I don't think that's, build this team i, I don't no no i i don't think that's how it's pronounced but that's how i pronounced it so that you didn't have to do that it's s-h-o-f-u-k-a-n uh and there's another one called lingus and those are the two that have like 50 <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i have to cut uh, all of this out <laughs> yeah sorry just put a one long typewriter no, bill but uh <laughs> uh but they're you know 15 million views or something on youtube and kind of took off so so if they're, if they're millennial jazz like are <laughs> most of their how many other songs are about avocado toast and how <laughs> yeah. well Not there's no houses <laughs> There are no lyrics, so you just have to kind of assume. Yeah, you know, millennials aren't young anymore. Yeah. I know, but their obsession with avocado toast is wrecking the economy. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Can't confirm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's as far as listening. And then I don't have a lot to say about this because I just started reading it. But 
Colin McCann, who is the author of a, well, now, of course, I'm going to forget it, but he, um, he's written a few novels in the last few years that, um, I think, I think he won a national book award, uh, for, um, you can edit this out, this part right here, and I'm just going to say the title of it. Like I actually prepared for what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Let the great world spin. <laughs> Let the great world spin. He won a national book award for, uh, but he has this new collection out. That's called 13 ways of looking, which is uh, a novella of that title along with some short stories. I just started reading that and that's very good so far. It's kind of like the uh, Leo Tolstoy, the death of Ivan Ilyich. It's this like story told from the perspective of this aging professional man. He was a, in this case, he was a lawyer and he's just looking back on his past and in the first person reflecting on his life. And he's kind of like near the end and uh, super interesting. And I, I'm writing with, an old wing, as Andy called him, but it's a Palomino black black wing with the ferrule from the uh, the gold black wing. What was the number of it? Five thirty. Five thirty. The ferrule of the five thirty, which had the black band around the top of it. So nice. I'm writing with that, and it is at the official Steinbeck stage where I can feel the metal on my my hand, and I am writing ah, in such a, a good feeling. That is a good feeling. Keeps me cool. Uh, and then I'm writing in a write notepads Walden edition that I busted. It was actually one that I had been writing in, but I found it the other day and it became my regular notebook. I had lost it for a while. I love this, love this edition. Yeah. So how about you, Andy? All right. Um, I have been watching, um, really, really great show on Netflix. Have uh, any of you been watching ugly delicious? I haven't watched it yet. I have it in my queue, but I haven't, I haven't started it. So it is a um, episodic documentary series uh, about food um, by uh, David Cho, who is the chef of uh, like a bunch of New York eateries like Momofuku, and like he's a Korean American chef. Really great. There's a food writer who telling me to wash my mouth. But... Yeah, <laughs> Momo Momofuku. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a uh, a food writer who's also part of it. I cannot remember his name. Um, and basically, what they do is and. I, I apologize to New Yorkers, um, Chris and Jess, but you know how, Tim, <laughs> Tim, you know how people from New York yes. are just kind of like jerks Tell about me about pizza. it. Tell me about we're not, we're not from New York. Oh, good. So you can, you can, could, you know how people in New York or from New York are just basically like jerks about pizza. If, if it's and like Jack from, White being down the street and yeah. Wes Anderson and stuff. Yeah. We're, well, we're from Chicago, exactly so we're the biggest jerks about pizza. Oh, yeah, you sure are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take that back, Andy. Watch your mouth. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, you, you meet up with, uh, for example, Harry Marks, for example, and you're like, hey, Harry, what are your thoughts about pizza? And he goes, oh, you mean the one true pizza from New York and New Jersey? Like, yep, that's what I mean. Essentially, essentially like um, people who think that like there's this just one true way to do this, and they... They basically, uh, David Cho, like, kind of challenges people on this. And they they have an episode per food item. So pizza was the first episode. They had one about um, crawfish. Uh, they had one about um, tacos. They're going to do several more, like, a few more. Uh, he basically kind of, like, takes some people out of their their bubble and brings them to other places and they have somebody who makes it very traditionally and they have somebody who makes it very not traditionally and they they eat it but then they also just talk about sort of like the cultural implications behind that food um the pizza one was really good they took this guy who is like a um has a pizzeria in brooklyn 
really has never he thinks that like Connecticut pizza is like not real pizza. He just really like well. isn't is is in his bubble. And uh, David Cho took him to Domino's. <laughs> talk about it it's they interview a lot of people it's it's shot in a really interesting kind of fresh way to me um people like they have like actors on there like um what's her name um she was on community uh she played brita um allison brie no 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 uh yeah i don't know Uh, her name yeah yeah so she lives in la and koreatown they talked to her about um like Korean barbecue. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. It's a really good show. Um, about halfway through can recommend that. Um, I've also been reading a, um, interesting book kind of for work. It's by the, uh, by Emmy Favilla, uh, who is the copy chief at Buzzfeed. And she wrote a book last year called a world without whom. And it's kind of like a, um, it's kind of an anti strunk and white like it. Um, I, I would not recommend giving this to your students, Tim. Because uh, they probably okay. need to like learn the rules before they start like breaking the rules. <laughs> um, but it's, it's basically <laughs> yeah. arguing yeah, for no yeah for arguing for like you know less formality in language. Just even like if you're writing it on a website, uh, she talks about how BuzzFeed puts together its um, style guide, which is out there among like people who think about online style guides, like I do. Uh, is one of the most like prescriptivist, not not prescriptivist, descriptivist uh, ones out there. They they take a lot of stuff into account. They have very, as you know, if you've ever read BuzzFeed, um, it's pretty it's pretty loose. It's pretty informal. Um, and she just kind of talks about some of the rules and how it can actually like stifle language and creativity. So it's actually really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I have to say, I'm shocked that BuzzFeed has a style guide. Yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> they're very consistent with how. Uh, how informal they are yeah okay yeah. number four will surprise you <laughs> yeah right as uh as somebody who uh works at a very large um software company that has still very like old school like thinking processes behind writing for example uh it's pretty refreshing i think there's probably a balance to be struck behind behind like this between this and like strunk and white or uh some of the very like more formal um kind of like writing books out there. So it's just a good kind of like fresh perspective. And I am writing uh, in my Baron Fig Metamorphosis Confidant, the pink one, uh, with a uh, pencil. It's a Japanese pencil called a Smart Value um, hmm. that I got from John Morris. <laughs> it's, a, it's basically, I think it's like a camel. It's a 2B camel, uh, but it has ish thing, but it has a crazy looking logo on it that's really fun. It's like a there's an S and an X and a V that has like it's kind of arranged like a smiley face. So that's me. Um, let's uh, let's talk about fresh points. Um, Justin, Chris, I, I don't know if you have any any fresh points. Basically, any like short things not related to our main topic, but still related to pencils that you you want to kind of bring up. And if not, that's totally fine too. Well, I have a feeling we're going to get into the whole field notes coastal thing, so I'm oh, not yeah. going to even. Yeah, I, w- I will hold my comments for the same. No worries. All <laughs> right. Um, so, Tim, let's uh, let's start with you. What? Uh, tell us about your fresh points. So, <clears throat> newsflash! Surprise, surprise! There's a new <laughs> item from Baron Fig. Uh, they've <laughs> they've come out of the woodwork with a, another new uh, product, as they do every three or four days. It seems <laughs> like, uh, and it's another good one. It's a simple one. 
but that's that's where the the good ones are often. Uh, they came out with a simple one called the Mastermind, which is, uh, I, I guess you'd call it. I mean, a notepad or a legal pad, but like I mean, not legal size, but it's just a little little notepad with a what, what do you call the glue binding at the top? Yeah, just a just a little notepad. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little notepad, a little uh, dot bound. grid notepad uh, is the one that I can't I, believe you said the dirty word, Tim. Well, but I was going to say, the one cool thing about the Mastermind is you can flip it over, and then it's blank. That's true. <laughs> so, that is true. So, oh, I hate you, blank. Oh, uh, gosh, gosh. Fighting words with Tim. <laughs> All right. Good night. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just us now. <laughs> okay. No. So, I, yeah, it's a six by eight little desk pad that they came out with 35 sheets and you get two and it was just a convenient little very practical set it on your desk kind of something you can jot things down on and what i and i'm forgetting the name of it because again there's so many new items or like new things they come out with but the, the larger desk pad they came out with what was the well, name of that one well so the the larger one is is the mastermind right yeah this is the mastermind mini Right. Otherwise, otherwise known as the oh. half the half mind. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there's yeah. the mastermind standard and the mastermind mini. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. That's my bad. But the so the uh, the mini I think is much more much more practical. It fits my desk really well at school, and I enjoyed using that. And I and it, it was dot grid, and so I was initially like, what am I going to do with this thing? <laughs> but I accidentally opened it up backwards, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so yeah, it's blank on the back. So it's, the dot grid is just printed on one side because it's intended to just be something you jot your notes down on. You tear it off and you move on to the next sheet. But you can flip it over, and that works really well. So I've I have it set on. Uh, I've got my classroom set up kind of old school with my my desk with my computers in the corner. But then I have this another another little like small desk right in the middle of the room, and then all the seats kind of fan out in front of my desk. Uh, so that I can intimidate them, which never works. Uh, <laughs> so I've got I've got one sitting there. So if I ever need to jot down a note, if a student asks me a question, I'm like, you know what, I need to look that up because I don't know the answer, and I'll uh, I'll get back to you. Then I can jot it down there. Uh, but yeah, cool. Uh, another very practical, very sensible item from from Baron Figs. Yeah, Mastermind Mini, the Half Mind. Uh, the half mind, <laughs> yeah, the half mind, yeah, I like that. Uh, so and this also like, leads me into, you know, I've been, you know, maybe like seventy percent joking, no, thirty percent joking. That's what I meant about uh, <laughs> not liking dot grid, it's just because I don't usually find a use for it. And it kind of drives me nuts. But uh, along with my getting back into playing guitar more and getting into music theory and stuff, I actually found that I do like dot grid for this where I'm, I've been in notebooks kind of listing out scales and modes and chord structures and things. And I, I do like having some sort of overall structure that's not super tight. And so I, I have, I will admit to you all, since no one listens to this and they'll never hear it. I, uh, <laughs> I actually have been using some dot grid <laughs> in order to, to track some of those, the, the music theory stuff I've been working on. So I've, I've liked that quite a bit. It's just the thing with me with, with dot grid is that when I'm writing free, like actual writing prose sentences and writing in my normal handwriting, I don't like it. But if I'm just doing things with it or like single notation, I mean, I'm doing things like writing whole, whole, half, you know, like the number of steps that are in a, a scale, like whole, whole, half, whole, whole, whole half, yeah. that kind of thing I like, or like uh, chord progressions and things like that, then it makes much more sense to me because I can, I can draw squares, you know, along the, the dotted lines and make sections on the page and it works really yeah. well for me. So I've been liking that. Um, what, what I like about dot grid is I guess kind of the same. Like I, 
if I need to structure something like a to-do list or if I need to like do some, some like vertical mm-hmm. or horizontal rules, uh, it's there. But then I also don't feel as pressured to stay within the lines if I just want to like kind of write big and loopy. Like it's not mm-hmm. as intrusive as like a full grid. Yeah. So that's, uh, I like it because it's, that's that's a little bit more flexible, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's true. And I and I, I think just like I said last time, it's not a rational thing, but just recently the dot grid hasn't worked for me because it's just like I've been noticing it more and I used to not be able to I used to just be able to ignore it and if I wanted to write in my normal handwriting and I it wouldn't bug me, but yeah. for some reason lately it has been. So it'll probably pass. It's just a phase. It, it's just it a phase, Andy. On, Don't worry. It depends <laughs> on how, how dark the dot grid is. Like some of them mm-hmm. that are faint are better than the ones that are like knock you out black. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. Depends on which one it is. Yeah, that's true. And, and Baron Vig tends on the on the lighter side, in my opinion. I, I think I like, uh, I like that. If I if I have to use one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the last thing I have is that I saw a. <laughs> I was actually, it was a Sunday morning. I think it was this past Sunday morning. I saw a post from Harry Marks of this contraption he'd bought at Michael's to organize his pencils. And it just completely blew my mind. Like where I, it had been a while <laughs> since I'd had that kind of, I saw something online. I was like, I need, I want to go to there. Like I need this thing now <laughs> in my life. I need it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it today. I'm going to find it. Uh, but it was this desk. It was a craft organizer that he had posted this picture of. And it's probably, I don't know, like 14 inches tall, little, little more than a foot and about roughly square anyways, but then it's about seven inches deep and it's got three sections in the bottom. There are two drawers that are, you know, rectangular in the middle. There's just an open shelf. And then on the top, there's a grid of whole, like there's a, a bunch of sections in a grid. Uh, and I think it's, uh, like, well, I can look at it right here. There it is. Uh, there are seven per row, three rows of seven. So there's 21 sections and it fits pencils perfectly, which is what Harry Marks did in, in his picture. And I just fell in love. Like I needed to have it. Cause I, I have all my pencils stuffed into a, a cabinet in my office room which is fine, but it's just not super organized and they're kind of piled up on each other and they're all in boxes. And I don't like to have all my pencils in boxes. I know it's going to save the erasers over time, blah, 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 but whatever. I want to see them. Like I want to be able to grab them. And so I went and picked it up and, uh, it's from Michael's. They had a sale going on for all craft storage stuff and it was 20 bucks. It's normally oh 50, I think it was yeah. what it was, but it was 60% off. And brought it home. I loaded the drawers up with all of my one. One is full of every sticker I've ever bought or been given, or <laughs> that I've got there. <laughs> loaded up in in patches and buttons and all that pins. And then in the other one, I've got erasers and replacement blades. And then in the center, I have probably a hundred pocket notebooks that I've just built up over time. Field notes, write notepads, everything. And then in the top, I. I which I cannot describe to you how gratifying it was to fill this thing up with stuff. It was just like the best, <laughs> it was like the best hour of my life after I got this thing put together. It looks um, like a little art recently. store with the way, with the way the pencils stick out. It looks like a little art store. Yeah, oh, I have a burning fantastic. question because I've seen pictures of this uh-huh. quite a bit now uh, among okay. the group. It's too short for pencils. Doesn't that drive you crazy? Like with the end sticking out like that, it's like your feet sticking out, out of, over the bed. It doesn't bug me because I mean it's it's only it's really just the ferrule is sticking out is about as much as stick 
that sticks out. And there's the, the grid part actually is set inside. And so if you really want to, you could pull the grid part like right out to the edge so that it's barely sticking off if you wanted to, because it's not the full depth. But I, it didn't really bug me. And it actually practically like when I go, when I've grabbed one off of there just in the last few days, it, it makes it easier even because when you grab it, it kind of, you can pull it down and comes at an angle and you can slide it out. Nothing falls out. You know, it's, it's plenty. Yeah. It's plenty deep to keep them in place. And I just kind of like looking over there and seeing all those erasers sticking out. So Micah in the group is saying that she bought two of them and organized the typewriter bell out of her mom's workspace and her own workspace. So apparently now (laughs) she says you can, you can only get them in store at Michael's and not online just in case anybody is looking for them. So if you have a Michael's near you, go check that out for 20 bucks. Chris is giving me a Uh, face now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I also yeah. want to mention, uh, Tim, you uh, you have some stickers that you put on the side <laughs> that, that are um, uh, exclusive uh, preview mm-hmm. of some of the mm-hmm. stickers we've been thinking about. I ordered some mm-hmm. samples and just sent them to me and me and Johnny and Tim. So uh, he has some pictures of one on his Instagram. So if you want to find out, you better go hunt that down. No, we can tell, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. I, I put down. I threw a ton of stickers on the side of it, even on the top. All every erasable sticker we've made, including the bumper sticker that TJ made us, is right on the top. Um, but I've got stickers from CW pencils and write notepads and field notes, and I got plumbago stickers, and then uh, I got the uh, perfect pen, or pencil perfect sticker on the other side, and Cub stickers and. And all kinds of good stuff, and then including our yeah the, the little prototype stickers that involve the uh, for better or worse the faces of the <laughs> co-hosts of <laughs> the Erasable Podcast on the side, and it was just so much fun to put yeah. that thing together. So I, I definitely recommend it. And and actually, I didn't mention that the top part, like if you look at the top part where the pencils go in, uh, that's actually like a shelf slid into a shelf. And so if you really wanted to, you could take out the whole pencil part. And put it vertical, like next to it, hmm. next to the whole thing, and just have two open shelves on the top for notebooks or whatever. If you really wanted to, it probably wouldn't have as much integrity as far as holding the pencils in place if you did it that way. But uh, it's still it's still an option. And you can also put obviously put the pencil part in the middle if you want to put the notebooks on the top or whatever floats your boat. <laughs> whatever holds your pencils. <laughs> whatever holds your pencils. <laughs> yeah. Whatever stows your graphite. Exactly. Um, all right. Andy, what about you? I've been talking long enough. No worries. So um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to do a, a live unboxing. I guess I actually opened the box, but I'm going to open this pack of field notes. Um, so the uh, the new edition, uh, the spring edition of field notes is out, and it is called the Coastal Edition. Um, and it's super cool. Uh, subscribers get a pack of um, West Coast and a pack of East Coast notebooks, uh, sparking a, uh, a war in the field nuts group as as things are t- like tend to do. Um, but, um, I know over there in New York, you, you all have your, um, your additions too. You got yours. Yeah. We got both. Yes. Yeah. Today. He um, brought them so home. it's, let me open them. Yeah. It's, um, it's really cool. And I, I think the, the look and the feel of it in person, uh, is not done justice by the pictures on the web. Um, and part no. of it I think is because, uh, they have like a holographic foil stamp on the front, um, and those just like just look amazing online. Like you can't you can't take a picture of it successfully. Um, it basically, there's a. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the um, the Blackwing seventy three. Um, you know how it has those um, 
I can't remember what it's called, like the depth uh, lines on it, uh, like a terrain, mm-hmm. but underwater. Uh, they kind of have this. Um, the land has has the swirly like um, altitude lines. The coasts are marked by um, just some really beautiful like like yellow holographic stamping. Uh, and then the water part of the coast is marked by a really beautiful blue holographic stamping. Uh, and they have three notebooks per pack. Each one basically just goes down either the east or the west coast. Um, mine has um, Washington and Oregon on the first one, um, kind of like NorCal and the Bay Area on the second one, and then uh, Southern California on the third one. Gorgeous. Super beautiful. Um, the uh, the inside is also really cool. Um they did a fountain fade. First of all, it's a reticle graph, which is like night sky and um, uh, unexposed. So it, it's a dot grid, but with like little crosses, which I wish I kind of like. Um, you probably, I mean, it would work the same as a dot grid for the new use you found for it, Tim. But mm-hmm. uh, it just adds a little bit more like um, weight to it. These look so amazing that it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, I would just I would want these no matter what. They they could be like. It could be like a dot grid made up of poop emojis, and I probably would. <laughs> I would buy the heck out of that, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the really, I to me, use it still. Yeah, the really incredible thing to me is uh, they, they did a fountain fade um, on the um, the inside pages. So what that is is they, they start off with, uh, like let's say, green on the left side and blue on the right side, and then they start printing these. So you get pages with slightly, like, variating very variating is not a word slightly varying uh, colors <laughs> blue to green um and much like a wave yes like a wave it's so beautiful um big fan of these i i know they talked about how this is one of the most ambition uh, uh ambitious like projects yet and i think that they're right um the precision that it must have required to do uh these covers somebody somebody in the field nuts group was asking why this is so amazing and i think what it is is you know they had to do two separate foil stamping passes and the blue foil stamp and the yellow foil stamps are so close and tight with each other they don't have any they can't afford to be off at all so uh, the, yeah yeah i don't mean to be a jerk but yeah i don't even know stuff about printing but how could you ask that question about why these are so amazing I just look at them i mean just like I mean, having them line up like that i mean that's and and just to be that uh, that intricate yeah and i think this person was asking out of just like genuine interest about not knowing printing methods themselves um i i mean sometimes sometimes in field nuts and in, in our group too you can have kind of jerky questions but i think this was kind of like an honest and so not having seen them in person that was kind of my speculation but now seeing them in person i just realize how much accuracy and consistency was required to do this so kudos on that i'm can't wait to try one of these out um what are your thoughts on them over over there justin chris well, we did the same thing with the East Coast. We, of course, immediately like tried to find our house yeah. in the, on the second of the East Coast ones. There's like a yeah. tiny speck representing Manhattan. <laughs> no, but we, we just were ooing yeah. and eyeing immediately yeah. when we took them out. It was just like, oh, my God, I almost don't want to – I want to like put it under glass or something like that. But, <laughs> so, of course, as soon as like I saw the announcement and I knew my subscription was coming, I'm like, I'm going to just go ahead and order some more packs of these because I know we're going to like want to – Throw a couple in the uh, in the archives. Yeah, in in the Chris archives. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So so kudos on this. Um, I guess we had we do have another interesting field note story that came about. Um, Tim, I don't know how often you actually are on Facebook, but have you seen the coffee farm notebooks? Nope. 
Okay, so. No, <laughs> I am on Facebook. Uh, honestly, I'm probably on Facebook once every two weeks. Gotcha. I don't know. I just, I just. Yeah. Yep. So, so just, just go along, move along. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> no, no problem. For me with that. Totally understandable. <laughs> sorry. So oh, I'm sorry. Th- this, this will be a, this will be a fun story. So you know how, um, how the Seattle roastery, um, Starbucks uh-huh. roastery has exclusive field notes. So somebody, I think in the nuts group, um, posted, made like, Hey, look, look what I just got new, uh, Starbucks field notes. Uh, and they were showing off a, um, uh, like a notebook with like a print of coffee leaves and berries and um, like the cherries and leaves and stems um, and a big thing that said coffee farm on the bottom and it was kind of like losing it oh my god this is amazing people I'm sure everybody in Seattle just like went there right away to to start grabbing them and selling them in the field nuts group um, and soon we learned that um, when they went into the roastery to get it, they were out, and the guy behind the desk said, these are actually made for a Starbucks farm in Costa Rica. Uh, we got a few of them, but the rest of them will be available at this coffee farm in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people bought plane tickets after that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then somebody who went in probably like the next day found a small stash of them and kind of like bought them out and then kind of grilled the manager who kind of gave them the, that same story. So... Uh, so it sounds like they're just sort of doling these out in short bursts. Maybe they don't have as much. So uh, kind of as soon as they came into being, they kind of blinked out of existence. So I think we'll probably know more later. <laughs> if we have any listeners in Costa Rica, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> is, there a, yeah. is there a partnership between Field Notes and like Delta or something? <laughs> right. American. American, American, American is the airline that goes to Costa yeah. Rica. Don't ask okay. me how I know that. <laughs> okay. It, it's probably a, I'm assuming it's a, um, like it's a, one of the Starbucks owned farms in Costa Rica, like a tourist coffee farm. That's my, mm. that's my guess, but they're gorgeous. I, I, they have one of them that's, one of the, the notebooks in the pack is green. One of them looks like a natural, like maybe it's a, um, uh, perhaps it's like a, a craft brown. And then one of them has that like really beautiful pattern on it, which is th- at the front of the pack. And, it's just gorgeous. So um, I'm, I'm definitely um, going to see if I can get a pack of them, but I'm not going to hold my breath because it doesn't matter that much. They're just fielding those people. <laughs> 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 I, I, I say as I'm like fondling my, my new coastal edition field notes. That, um, that, coastal, that, that coastal video that they made, I just have to say, yeah. that was like, that was ama- almost as amazing as the notebook itself. Yeah. Uh, Jim Kudals, I think on Twitter, said that he spent, like, by a large factor, this was the most expensive video that they produced for an edition. And they were like, we probably didn't need to, but hey, we did. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> like, that's your dream job when you can do stuff like that. Hell yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So, another big uh, limited edition thing. Um, we don't know any, uh, we don't have anything, like, we don't have any insight what it is, but Blackwing has announced their spring edition. Uh, it's the volume 54. So, of course, there has been much speculation um the uh edition itself uh well like the the um what i'm trying to say the instagram that they announced it where they always have like the volume you know 54 um it was on a background like a a paint palette with some very like expressionistic looking um like colors on it nobody knows what it is um i thought that melissa chapin and the group had a really good um uh, guess. Um, I'm trying to find the post right now. It's been getting a lot of activity, so it should be near the top, but of course it is not. Um, uh, she 
or no, somebody else guessed it. Yeah, there's just some speculation about it being um, just a few different artists. I think uh, somebody, I'm reading the thread right now. Um, somebody thought that it would be, um, somebody thought it would be Bob Ross. That would be really fun. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Maybe, that's too good. That won't happen. Yeah, that <laughs> right. That would uh, make us all too happy. There's absolutely. no way. <laughs> Um, somebody said, oh yeah, uh, Martin Codina said that uh, it sort of reminded him of a Leroy Neiman palette, which uh, is an expressionist painter. He paints things for, um, uh, he used to paint things for Playboy from like the 50s through the um, through the 90s. Lived in California for a while, but I think also has like lived mostly in New York. Um, okay, so, and I, I was reading his Wikipedia and apparently in 1954 he began his association with Playboy. Um uh, Tim, I think that he painted a bunch of like World Series posters back in like the cool. 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that for sure. Um, yeah, he's That's just cool. a yeah. He's a lot of big goopy paints. So, uh, uh, Blackwing announced that they will be doing a live um, a live reveal on Monday, and I don't know anything beyond that. If it's going to be on their Instagram or some other way, uh, but if you're around Monday, uh, check them out and see what they say. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm still going with Andy Warhol. Yeah. That'd be I fun. disagree so vehemently. <laughs> it just I'm, seems like so much a, a much more basic kind of artist than Andy. But, it wouldn't have been all splotchy like that. But it follows the uh, the Palomino uh, Blackwing special edition of Dead White Guys. Yeah, but there's a lot of Dead White Guy artists. <clears throat> yeah. I think it, they've been maybe – maybe it's been in response to – like what people have said about additions, but I have a feeling that it's going to be somebody that uh, is not a common, like a common knowledge name, like something that people know of. It's going to be something a little, a little off the. Yeah, they've been they've been getting the in the radar. weeds with their um, with their tributes mm-hmm. lately. Like after that, mm-hmm. what's his name? Country singer Tim. Um, oh, Guy I already Clark. forgot. Yeah, um, Guy Clark. Yeah, yeah. Right. and I. I guess for like me and the people in my circles, the Ada Lovelace pencil was was pretty pretty popular. But I don't know if like everybody celebrates computer science quite like that or math. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm my speculations are based on nothing, as opposed to in the past when I've had like a really good hunch that, of course, turned out mm. always to be wrong. <laughs> but uh, always. always. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what that always, is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, last thing I wanted to mention, um, so this is something we kind of did exclusively in the group, but um, I just realized at one point that we all, all of us who like pencils, there's kind of a strong correlation to people who like coffee. And I've I've before, I probably won't like take the time to explain it here, but I've always talked about how uh, collecting fountain pens is like wine tasting and collecting pencils is like coffee tasting. Um, and I, I don't know if that metaphor holds up, but I just, we just sort of realized that. So we did a coffee swap. Um, I basically let people sign up and I matched them with somebody, somebody else across the country who had access to some like really good locally roasted, um, like good artisanal coffee beans, um, and basically connected them so they could send each other a pound with maybe a little note, maybe some pencils in there just to experience what, what the local coffee there is like. Um, Chris, I know, um, you matched with somebody, where does, where does he live? I believe he's in North Carolina. Yeah. So they're sending each other some of the, like, the local coffee. And, and even, like, Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I'm from, has three or four really good quality 
roasters. Um, and so I've, I've, I tried to like pair some people in bigger cities up with people in smaller cities too, just to kind of make that known. But yeah, I think it's, it just sounds like fun. And I've, I realized at one point that I have all of these like little, you know, local coffee roasters that I really love that, you know, people who live in Montana or New York or Florida or Tennessee don't even know about. So, um, yeah, we had a bunch of participants, uh, we definitely do it again. Maybe we'll open up to a wider audience, but if you are in the Facebook group, uh, pay attention to that. And uh, if you're not, I'll try to find a, a way to announce it so you can participate too. So have you, have you done your, done your swap yet, Chris? Um, I believe they, well, cause we just had like our fourth nor'easter of the month. Yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's snowed all day and like, you know, blizzarded and it was nasty. And then like today it was 45 degrees and it all melted. Yeah. So it's like nothing ever happened. It was like, ah, it's awful. It's blizzarding. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, the place I'm getting David's beans from, because he specifically requested decaf, um, there is a local chain here in the city. It's not a chain. It's a, it's like, it, it's like a, uh, like a old business that has like two shops, both, both, both in the village. Oh yeah. yeah. It's not a chain at all. It's like Hyper-local super bespoke. Chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know like I think they formed in like a hundred years ago or something. Puerto Rico importing, they have like the gold leaf letter that's like chipped away from decades of like you know elements. But uh, that's they cool. ha- they have decaf whole bean, uh, just like locally roasted in the shop. So yeah, and it and it's the non you know non. Uh, chemical process. Is it called Swiss yeah. water process? Yeah, it's a Swiss yeah. water process. So it's it's That's even cool. nice decaf. <laughs> That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. So so yeah, can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, that should be fun. So uh, last 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 quick thing is that we are still taking submissions for Plumbago Four, and we will be probably for a while. So um, take your time. But if you are kind of like codifying your ideas, um, send them in. We want to hear about it. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into the main topics. So, um, yeah, so the the main reason uh, besides just liking them and being interested in talking to them, uh, we wanted to see if Jess and Chris could come on to talk about um, talk about their new blog. But before we jump into that, um, can you talk a little bit about your interest in pencils in general? Sure. Well, I'll start. Um, I'm I've been a journalist for years and years and years. So like I, I you know started in the business before e- like everything was computerized. So there was like red and blue pencils like everywhere. And I was always like the geek who would like try to like get people to give me their rubber stamps and their random pencils and stuff like that. And I was also doing a zine. So there was always pencils involved, but I didn't get like sort of weirdly obsessed with them or or like notice them until um you know, I'm, I'll just, you know, full disclosure, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan and I, I've done a few projects, you know, uh, in conjunction with the band. And I, I was doing like a, an insanely detailed family tree about seven years ago when they were, when the band was turning 20 and I found myself needing to write smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then I, I discovered like the grading system and what that was all about. And that was just the rabbit hole for me. That's like where it started. And my mom happened to live in Europe at the time. And so I'd just be like, I'm going to spend all day going to French stationery stores or, you know, there's a million uh, stationery stores in New York. So like, that's where, that was my, my gateway drug, I guess. Yeah. 
That's really interesting. It's kind of like um, kind of like Brad. You know, Brad Dowdy kind of got into um, to pens because he needed to find something to write really, really, really fine and small. So it's a good uh, it's a good parallel path. That's cool. Yeah. So how about you, Chris? Um, well, I didn't really. I mean, I you know, going to school, just I used like the standard, you know, basic number two pencils, and then you know, took drafting in high school, but did and didn't really like pencils. Didn't really have a a special like I didn't really get truly obsessed until I moved out here and discovered CW. <laughs> um, then I was like, wait, all these different kinds of all these pencils are different. <laughs> I have yeah. to have, they're like Pokemon. You have to have all of them. I remember I saw they were written <laughs> up in the New York Times like really shortly before you moved here. And yeah. I was like, oh, you want to go to a store that's only pencils? And you're like, go on. <laughs> 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 and that, that was the old uh, Forsyth Street location. And yeah, it's like I went in there and I have no idea how much money we've spent in there over the last you know year and a half to almost two years. Um, but yes, um, so just not, uh, we bought one of everything in there except for the, the, the black wing, yeah, the, the original black wing, which is another <laughs> story for later. Yeah. Thing, yeah. The last thing we have to get is the, the 1960s. You're uh, jumping ahead, my friend. Vintage black wing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Before we get to the vintage ones, though, like what are some of your favorite currently produced pencils? Things that are still around today that are uh, that you you find yourself reaching to more often than than others. Well, I mean, I yeah, I um, I love those Futuras that uh, that just got reproduced by the Moon Company. Like they're just beautiful, and I love a pencil that's not one of the standard shapes. I think those are. Somewhere in between. Semi-hex. Yeah, they're semi-hex. And I, for all my checklists, um, the Tombow colored pencils are amazing. I just, and I have like, brown is my color of the year, so I have like a a stash of brown Tombows. Um, And and I'm a sucker for the Viarcos that smell like the gardens of Portugal or whatever, but like, (laughs) we have to put them away in a like, a tightly sealed box or else like our entire tiny apartment will be overrun with the smells of Portugal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The smells of Portugal. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The garden. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So what, what, what is it about, um, about advertising pencils specifically that that draws you to them um i think i i think i remember when i think i even commented on one of the early posts chris that you made in the group about um like how you were just like pumping quarters into that um that old pencil vending machine and i was like it's it's like he's playing um playing the slots right it pretty much was yeah oh it totally was it's like yeah we go go in there get 10 bucks and quarters and just kind of keep Pumping and pumping the quarters in and seeing what comes out. We ended up with some fun and interesting stuff, and we're both uh, not in everything, but like in this in the pencil thing, we were we were completionists and like, wait, we have like thirty eight states. We need to get all fifty states. Yeah, it started with the states. I mean, I think that like to begin with, um, like I just like the like the 
the typography on them and like some of the weird names on them or, you know, if we found ones that were near places that we lived that kind of like, you know, rubbed us the right way in a certain way. And, you know, we wanted, you know, as many like that were sort of sans serif, you know, hexagonal pencils from Chicago. Like we just kept wanting to find ones that were, you know, that and then we discovered the state thing. And then we're like, oh wait, we have almost all the states. We got to get you know Maine and Alaska and whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then we started being curious, like, but what are some of these? You know, because you would get some ones that you didn't sort of plan to get, and you're just kind of like, but it, it wouldn't be readily apparent what they were. I mean, I think the weird ones drew us in, like really obvious weird ones, which are like, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit, like when we get into like some of our favorite stories, but. Like, you know, like the cut rate liquor store that specifically elicited itself as across the street from the government projects. Like, really? You need to put that on a pencil? <laughs> like, yeah. okay. You know, or the or the uh, cemetery that says, you know, drive carefully, we can wait. You know, like, okay. <laughs> like, like, all right. You know, like, but, you know, it started with the states and then we started looking them up. That's, that's where, that's, you know, that's what happened. Well, that started with... Uh... Like, we picked all the Chicago ones, and we were like, oh, let's make a map to see, like, where these were. Like, were they close to where we went to school? Were they close to where either of us lived? And then, like, as, you know, we were Googling and looking for the addresses, like, uh, like one in particular, Stebbins Hardware, it's not there anymore, but the address came up, and it's mm-hmm. in downtown Chicago, uh, or was. And then, like, I'm like, wait, this place isn't here anymore, but it has this fascinating backstory, uh, which... I won't go into now because that's a future post. Uh, <laughs> but it's, we started looking, and that's how we kind of like accidentally stumbled into, like, there's a lot more here to these pencils than just like the name printed on them. Yeah. And then like, we kind of Googled a couple more and then. I just feel like we really quickly discovered that like, I know I name checked This American Life before. We're both, you know, fans of, uh, of you know, of that show for sure. But I think we, we sort of realized really quickly that these are like a, like a little glimpse of like, you know, what you think of as, you know, like the American past, like it's a little bit of Americana. Like this is actually history, you know, like it was Mm -hmm. not the history that you'll ever read anywhere, you know, by the way, it's just like, you know, somebody's like family business or something like that. And I, I just love the idea of, you know, it, it seemed very relatable, you know, like just these, the, the business that he's talking about, Stebbins Hardware is this old hardware store that like was around for like over a hundred years and like, you know, whatever, every mayor went there to buy thumbtacks or whatever, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's crazy the rabbit holes you find yourself in that like quietly these things were, you know, kind of writing the little histories of the town. Yeah. That's and really it's, cool. It's interesting too, because like they, you know, that this business like was doing well enough or like for some reason decided to like slap this on a pencil. And I know that it was probably mm-hmm. more common to do back then, but mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you just hardly see that anymore. Yeah, actually. Probably it's less mean, expensive to do back then. Though, yeah, two. Assume, <laughs> yeah. two, two and a half cents per thousand. Wow. <laughs> what? Yes. Wait, two and a half cents per pencil per oh, thousand. Per, per, per pencil. Yeah. Sixteen fifty. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Hey, if I had a flipping time machine, like sixteen, <laughs> yeah, sixteen bucks for a thousand pencils. Well, wow. Chris, Jeez. Chris, like more than me, I think, but Chris very much is into the, like, what were the companies that made them? Because it turns out this was like the absolute number one way that people advertise their small business. Like, we've looked into like 
you know, like what was available to folks, like more than any other sort of method, every single shop made pencils. It was just a thing you did more than I thought, but like, it turned out that like Eberhard Faber and all the big four, like you could buy pencils of your shop from them for like 15 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Like the Eagle factory was, is, which uh, is a block away from our house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, but like, yeah, you could just, you know, contact the Eagle company and be like, I need, you know, a thousand pencils and they, you know, they would make them for these companies. <laughs> Done <directly>. brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see? <laughs> it's like, we're going out on our yacht. Do you want to buy pencils? Um, but yeah, so, so we, so we realized that like, chances are if your business existed before say 1975 or so, which is, you know, sort of before our lifetime, then you, your shop had a pencil. So mm-hmm. I thought the other thing, and then I'll shut up about this, but the other <laughs> thing that was really interesting is like, there's a million ways that, you know, like ephemera from like, you know, small businesses or whatever, but a pencil is one of those rare things that kind of just keeps kicking around through the generations. You're not really going to throw out a pencil unless it's used up or broken or something like that. And like the chances that like an old pencil is going to be in the bottom of somebody's drawer are actually pretty good, much more than like a leaflet or, you know, any other kind of thing, like a pen will dry up or whatever, but you know, Hey, you know, I, what, you know, I found pencils for a lot of random hundred year old things at the bottom of my dad's drawers and stuff like that. Wow. So I've got kind of two questions for you. To, to follow that up, the, f- the first one is that, like, as you're talking about all these, I, this is something that I've never gotten into, is the, the advertising pencils. But one thing that I have gotten into are the advertising bullet pencils. Are you going to be writing about those as well? Um, if eventually, yes, because we have yeah. probably we have like a, you know, a good solid thousand. Not of bullet <laughs> pencils. Of, like, of wooden what? pencils. He, he just like oh, his head okay. exploded. Yeah. No, yeah. the regular Gosh. boring ones. Yeah. Okay. All right. The, the wooden pencils. We're still. Right. <laughs> well, that's okay then. Well, yeah. All right. And, and, and we have several about Jesus. So. Uh, well, that was just my my response was if you had a, <laughs> if you had a thousand bullet pencils, like so, how many wooden pencils do you have? Jeez, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But no, um, but we do have we do have a, a couple that are like. Uh, Happy birthday from your Sunday school teacher. Oh, um, yeah. Do you have the kind with two erasers on each end and it says, Life without Jesus is like this pencil. There's no point to it. <laughs> oh, God. No, but there's I've one for the telephone company <laughs> that says, like, you should you should telephone and not write. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like, go send a telegram call. Um, that is funny. That is yes, funny. Uh, event, uh, eventually, I would like to get into some bullet pencils just because they're, um, you know, especially with like the agriculture and the, the stockyards and the, the grading elevators and like the whole, cause Ugh, I, I did yeah. live in, in uh, rural Missouri for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I forgive you. Yes. She forgives me. <laughs> yeah, the Midwest is a really hot spot for all those. I mean, all those. Wes farming. Anderson goes there all the time. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> He lives in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Champana is a happening place. Champana, come on. <laughs> Champana. Um, but yeah, eventually we would get to, uh, you know, bullet pencils and various other, you know, office type things. But we want to, cool. we have way too many pencils with cool stories before we start thinking about branching out into to other 
uh, pencil that Jason yeah. can use. Cool. Well, so this these uh yeah. So when you when you have these pencils and you've got all these, you know, for, I'm, I'm assuming companies and things all over the country. First of all, what is it that sparks your interest enough to want to dive into it? Like what what are the kinds of things you're looking for? What catches your eye? And then how are you conducting this research? Like where do you start with with the research for for whatever it is that catches your eye? You mean in terms of like what catches our eye about like buying a pencil or what catches our eye or about like wanting to look into it? Wanting to look into it. Um, you know, it's funny. Like some of them are super obvious. Like uh, like on Graphic Confidential, one of the first stories we wrote was about the Museum of Science and Industry which in Chicago, which is – a pretty famous museum. Um, and it had an alphanumeric phone number on it, which is, you know, like from ye olden days when your phone number had a couple of letters and then some numbers. So like, you know, we had both gone to the museum of science and industry as a kid. So we were just like, Oh, you know, like, I wonder if this is still the same phone number. And it was, you know, and like, I wonder when this pencil is from like things like that. There every year on a, field trip i think like when i was a kid <laughs> we would go yeah. there every single year yeah, yeah totally our, our school did too. Mm-hmm. yeah and i actually when i was in like you know fourth fifth and sixth grade i lived two blocks away and it was free in those days so we literally were there every day just because why not like hang out in the giant heart or watch the ha- chicks hatch or whatever um <laughs> uh, so you know it could be something as obvious as like oh this is obviously a giant you know institution that you know why does it have this weird phone number um you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of other ones that we've gotten into where I'm just sitting there and we're sorting through them. And I'm like, I can't tell what this company is, Chris, can you start looking it up just to find out like, well, is it a real estate agent? Is it a, you know, a hardware store? Like, what is it? And then it's like, oh my God, Jess, yeah. you're never going to believe this story. You know, it's, it just starts down this rabbit hole as soon as like, as soon as he was like, oh, actually it was. It was an Amish cemetery <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, or, or competing buggy repair shops. How do we research, though? That's going to be a much more boring answer than you're, you're probably hoping for. Like, you know, <laughs> um, uh, we're both really, uh, really adept at uh, doing online research. Um, yeah. You know, I- like... Yeah, I, I imagine as a as a journalist, you develop you develop a particular set of skills. Uh, to be honest with you, I was the research editor of Spin Magazine for several years, so I yes, I have had some <laughs> some very interesting research uh, yeah. in my life. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I find like Google Books is our is a godsend. Like we go over there and we go to town. Mm. Like there's just like amazing things there. Like the crazy, the American stationer and modern bookseller from like the twenties or whatever, where like, or like the New Yorkers archives where like EB white was like writing like reviews of like restaurants or whatever. Yeah. Like EB white, the guy who wrote, wrote you know, everything. <laughs> and also like speaking of, uh, uh, you know, grammar, um, <laughs> Mr. Strunk and White himself. Um, but d- there's just a, a ton more stuff online than in those days when I was doing research. So I feel like it's like, it comes to me naturally. And Chris, you know, was in grad school for a million <laughs> years. So he's super, I, I hate to out you. A but, million billion years. Yes. I mean, not recently, but, <laughs> it, you know, but I'll let you speak for yourself. Yes. Um, it's the same kind of thing like where I'll, 
I'll start like just with you know basic search, um, just with a business name or a partial business name, and then uh, <clears throat> like I'll you know end up in like the obituaries. Like I'll find the business name in an obituary, and then I'll be able to like trace the you know does the business still exist? Like what family members are still there? Uh, one of the fun ones for addresses that we look up in New York is like, is the building still there? And like a lot of hmm. them still are. Uh, yeah. Google street view. Yeah. Google street view. And then like, then like on the weekend we make an itinerary, like, okay, we have to go by these places. Which is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. And go see these buildings. <laughs> yeah. What are, um, um, what are some of your favorite, your favorite backstories that you've, that you've discovered so far? And if, uh, if you would like to, this is totally putting you in the spot. Uh, but if you don't want to, that's fine too. Um, I'd love to. I'd love it if you'd read an excerpt from one of your favorite backstories so far. We're sitting here like pointing at it, pointing at ourselves like we both want to tell. Yeah, please do. Chris is gonna. I think Chris, you want to start? Yes. We're going to talk about South Hutchinson, yes. Kansas uh, <laughs> United Methodist Church, and the Pie Matrons. <laughs> I love this already. <laughs> um, like this was just a. Uh, like a, a net, like I, this pencil caught my eye, um, when we were, when it came out of the machine and like, as you can see from the picture, it's just like, it's like one of the, has no ferrule, no eraser. It's like one of the bugles. Um, and it just had gold, like faded gold, uh, imprint on it that said South Methodist or South Hutch Methodist cafeteria, Kansas state (laughs) fair. And I thought, I don't even know what that is, but I have to have it. Yeah, like why? Why is there a cafeteria <laughs> at a, state from a fair. church at a state fair? Like what? Yeah. So then we started looking it up, and um, oh man, the rabbit hole! It was yeah, a rabbit this hole. This was a huge rabbit hole. So yeah, I'll just I'll read a, a couple paragraphs from this. Um, when we came across this orange pencil for the church's cafeteria at the fair, we wondered. Why does a church need a custom pencil at a state fair? But a single search made or a single search made it was obvious. This wasn't just a church group selling snacks to hot and hungry fairgoers. It is an institution that has remained a perennial favorite for decades. It is likely it's likely that at some point these pencils were used by church volunteers to write down or record any number of things like volunteer lists and schedules. Customer orders. How many raisin cream pies would be needed tomorrow? <laughs> that that funny thing Fran said earlier. Oh, Fran. <laughs> so how did the... Tr- no, Fran. Yeah. You know Fran. <laughs> She's a card. Um, so how did the church get into the fair game? A storm destroyed their church in 1948, so members began serving up the unusual fair for, the, for a state fair to quickly raise the money necessary to rebuild. The new structure was built in 1951, and their state fair chicken and noodles and variety of homemade pies were such a hit that long after the fundraising goal was met, they continued feeding hungry fairgoers. They are now one of the Kansas State Fair's oldest continuous vendors. Yeah. This story, like, he only put, like, I would say, 50% of the details that we found out about this whole situation hmm. into the story. I kept saying, like, but, but what about what about the, the storm? Yeah, the storm destroyed the church. The storm actually destroyed the whole town and that whole part of Kansas. 
Yeah. It's like, you, you didn't say anything about like, where's Dorothy or anything. <laughs> <laughs> what about Fran though? <laughs> I hope Fran made it out of her life. Fran. Yeah. I, That's good. Oh, Fran's fine. And there was some, there was some <laughs> retired school teacher that was like, she's like, Oh, Oh, I raised six kids and I had a whole career, but okay. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll pitch in and, you know, like make the noodles and <laughs> she, brought, <laughs> the she brought a recipe for raising sure, cream pie from California. So I, I mean, I love the ones that we've, we've written about like the, you know, the, the old 1893 Laura Ingalls, uh, you know, railroad, like the Laura, Laura family actually worked on the railroad in order to, to finance their, their family, um, at a certain point. But, but actually, um, just in the last couple of days, I bought some, a random handful of pencils uh off of uh etsy which i do for every now and then if i see something you know sort of interesting and I, it one of them that stood out to me it just says postal telegraph on it and i'm like i like anything that sort of talks about the history of communication or you know things that are sort of self self-referential i could totally imagine like you know 100 years ago like a telegraph company or something and i started looking up this company because i'd never heard of it and it just was the most, incre- it's the most incredible rabbit hole of like history. Um, the, so, you know, the phrase, the mm-hmm. mother load, um, it, it refers to like the Comstock load of like, uh, I think a silver mine back in the 18 whatevers. Uh, and the people who, who worked on that mine, like got insanely rich. And one of those guys decided he was going to found, a the first sort of international, telegraph company it was the only real competitor to western union and like you know like they built this skyscraper in downtown manhattan and then in the 20s his you know flapper daughter decides she's gonna like you know run away from their traditional you know moors and like marry irving berlin (laughs) which you know like he didn't like and almost disinherited disinherited her no you made that up it's irving berlin almost another pencil connection I, I promise you, uh, you know, just, just all of this stuff, like, they were the inventors of the singing telegram and all like, it just, I was just like, okay, this is, this is so ridiculous. I cannot wait to, uh, to dive into this. And we discovered that the pencil that we had, um, is absolutely from somewhere between 1930 and 1939, wow. which I, is way older than I thought, you know? So I, I can't wait to, to write that down. It's, there's just, I feel like that one touches on like, parts of history that people have heard of. And so that's going to be a super fun one to write, you know, like, you know, just so many things about New York and history and the jazz age. So that's one of my favorites. And then of course there's like, we kind of glancingly talked about it, but um, there's a lot of death related ones. It's like, you know, like the the funeral parlor that there's a funeral parlor that's, got a glow in the dark pencil so that you can see their night number in the middle of the night. It's like, okay, you know, like, all right. And uh, quite a few casket company and cabinet makers. Yeah. Undertakers and cabinet makers. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. Undertakers and cabinet makers. Oh, and then uh, of course the, um, the Amish uh, amusement park. Yes. In central Illinois, there was an Amish amusement park. So you could just Rock- go, Called Rockham Gardens. Yeah, you can go gawk at I bet the it's Amish, lit. which is really <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I mean, like, oh man. Anyway, that sounds so fun. Yeah, 
<laughs> you can churn your own butter. No, literally. <laughs> butter. It's a, so. The roller coasters are all just flat. They just roll <laughs> along the ground. <clears throat> but you know, it's funny. Of course, a pencil is a perfect advertisement because, like, that's... You like, don't need a battery for it. Yeah, like, it's, you know, mm. fine anyway. I don't know. So... As you've been researching all these pencils that you've come across that you want to write about, have you? How often is it that you hit a dead end, like where you are gonna look into something and then it just turns into a like, well, this probably isn't gonna work out, so I'm gonna try something else. Uh, that's, that's happened a few times. Um, I feel like we have so many that, like, when it's when you know an initial search doesn't turn up something interesting, we're like onto the next. It's fine. Yeah, and like we can, yeah, we can come, yeah. We'll come back to it later and and do a a deeper dive or kind of. There's like you know at any time like hundreds in line that we know are gonna, <laughs> know gonna like just be, be gold, Jerry. It'll be gold. Yeah, <laughs> you've kind of got an infinite pool of subjects, which is pretty awesome. Like Perry's uh, Tropical Nut House in Maine. Ah, still Perry's there. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also like all kinds of like, at, like I keep cr- talking Chris out of like doing the ones that like everybody knows about. Like we have like twelve Ford Motor Company ones, but we'll we'll get around to those. Yeah, and like uh, one of the ones that I want to do like in the next uh, few posts is the old Geico <laughs> pencil that's that that has spelled out government employee insurance company. Oh, I didn't know that's what it and was. It's like, yeah, that's the acronym. It sounds like your blog is, you know, more about, you know, the history behind the pencils than than the pencils themselves. But being a podcast about pencils uh, and not being a podcast about history, I do have to actually uh, dig in and, and ask if you actually write with these old pencils. And if so, are there any any like any general notes that you have about that? Because I, I do have a bunch of old advertising pencils, but I don't actually write with them. If they're sharpened already by the time we get them, then yes, we will use them and sharpen them and or, and keep using them. But if if they're not sharpened, then then no, we don't uh, we don't use them. Yeah, and and but I love the ones that we do, you know, that do come sharpened. Like if I get a batch and some of them are sharpened. P.S. The CW ones are never sharpened, so the the other ones come from, like, my aunt's attic or Etsy or, you know, wherever. Somebody hands them. I went to my accountant the other day. She's like, here's a whole bunch of random pencils I've had in the bottom of my drawer for 20 years. (laughs) Like, okay. Um, And I love using – I actually love using the the old pencils that are already sharpened because I've noticed that graphite ages and – I'm sure they started out as number two pencils, but they feel more like a, like a, like a number three Hmm. or like a two H. And I, that suits me perfectly. Like Mm -hmm. if you like soft pencils, you will hate old, you will hate old advertising pencils, but I love them. I wonder if you sharpen it down, it would get a little softer just because I, I'm, I'm guessing like maybe it oxidized or just kind of developed a, like some hardness on the outside. I wonder if the insides are fresh or if like it's kind of hardened throughout. I don't actually know the answer yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. And and you know what? Neither do I because I have like rules around like how how far I'll sharpen a pencil. <laughs> That's true. She does. She does. Like I won't sharpen it past where the writing starts because I feel like you're ruining it. <laughs> Especially, 
I mean, like, if it's an old pencil, if it's like, a you know, one I can get like 12 of, I'm not going to worry about it. But like, if it's like one of three or something like that, yeah. I won't sharpen it past where the letter starts, like where the, you know, writing on it starts. That's when I see like a cool pencil where the writing is on almost all of it, I get mad in advance <laughs> because I can only use like an inch of it. Tim, I can almost feel you <laughs> rolling your eyes from the collectors over here. Uh, actually not too bad not with this yeah not with this kind of thing like i i I have a tendency to roll my eyes with like stashing away just normal you know like black wings or like pencils that are not super like an individual case like a company or something with these i i totally get it (laughs) actually yeah (laughs) where i'm like ah yeah because i have some like for some uh, bicycle companies and things that I've, I've come across over the years that I got and I thought they're like this is super cool and I didn't want to use them because they were and it was part of, partly because of that because they were so there's so much on there I, I, so I actually yeah surprisingly I actually get that <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah. so w- we know you have tons of pencils to talk about you got this big pool of pencils to write about and research and things but as you're buying things you've mentioned Etsy and I'm sure eBay is coming to play uh, along the line. But uh, what is it that you're looking for when you're when you're buying advertising pencils? Is it just as simple as we're looking for advertising pencils, or are there certain kinds that you're like these are the these are more interesting, or these are the kinds that kind of fit what we like, or a certain time period, or something? I can write a whole prospectus on this subject. I think the first, the first quality, you know, that's the most important is like, is this old? Yeah. You know, like I don't want to buy, I don't not, not interested in anything that's not older than me. And I know that's like really selfish, but like, if it's not older than me, then like, it's something I could imagine like have like randomly coming across when I was like in, you know, third grade myself. So like, that's not interesting. So first of all, it has to be, you know, at least several decades old. Um, you know, mid seventies or older and the older, the better to me. Um, so anything that has like a weird for rule that's automatically in, um, I have a soft spot in my heart for hexagonal pencils more than round. We have a ton of round like advertising pencils, but I love the hexagonal pencils. I love them. I love the ones that have interesting typography on them that are imprinted like stamp foil stamped or stamped rather than printed on. Uh, Hmm. the ones that just feel super old timey where you can imagine like some Scott Joplin rag playing in the background while you (laughs) use it. See, (laughs) you know, like I just, that's what, that's what gets me going. Well, like if something has a phone, like a three digit phone number. Right. Or like an alphanumeric phone number. Yeah. So you can tell like it's before, uh, seven digit phone numbers came into, came into existence or like local area codes. Because, uh, like, just jumping back for a minute to the Museum of Science and Industry pencil, um, there was there was no area code on there because at the time there was no area code in Chicago. It was like, you know, uh, MU or yeah, the it's MU four one four one four one four one four. Like your phone number was just like the two letters and then four digits or five digits, and that was it. There was no area. There was no three one two, no seven seven three, no seven zero eight, and so just knowing that seeing something without an area code or automatically gives kind of a timeline of like okay, it's before this date, or yeah. you know, even even better, like the the three digit phone numbers. And I think another thing that 
always sort of catches my eye is if it's for some business that maybe I don't never heard of that business specifically, but there's something like you can tell there's going to be a juicy story. Like, you know, like a, like a telegraph company is not around today. That's going to be interesting. Like to even just read about, you know, like old railroads, we have like a ridiculous number of old railroad pencils. Those are fun. You just know there's going to be that they don't exist anymore. And there's going to be a story about them. So it's just certain businesses that are, that are strange and fun. Like there's the international association of like machinists, which was, you know, like they like basically were like the, the shop guys who, you know, figured out how to build a space shuttle, which (laughs) is like, okay, like that's random. (laughs) Like I knew, I know the inner, you know, like the aerospace workers, you know, for, you know, like, that's a weird pencil. That's like, you know, like, all right, let's, let's find out what that is. Sometimes it's just, you know, like I said earlier, there's like a weird juxtaposition on there, like the, the liquor store at the projects or the, you know, like drive carefully where a cemetery we can wait. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, or there's like a furniture store where they're like, you got the girl and we got the, you know, we got the furniture so she doesn't run away or something like that. It's like, all right. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, ones with, sort of fun puns those are there's a one that i think is kind of ugly but i bought it anyway because it was for an exterminator in the 60s and they were just like we kill every pest except for the pencil collector <laughs> i was like okay i gotta own that one <laughs> okay bro. <laughs> <Good> story, bro so we want to know what's next for graphite confidential we love the idea we love the blog we love the posts uh what are you thinking from here on out and may we suggest podcast because i <laughs> totally listen to some like produced stories about <clears throat> some of these companies that you're you're digging into or organizations that you're digging into i think it would be super fascinating but i know it'd be a lot of work but like so what are you thinking as far as going from here with graphite confidential you're putting ideas in i heard we could call it the pie matron and have her on as a guest <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a little Judy on site on site yeah like recording on site and walking yeah. into the old buildings where these companies existed yeah. going to kansas brb well chris <laughs> is constantly looking at like flights to places we're planning a trip to Chicago because we have a ridiculous number of Chicago pencils hmm. uh, to go back mm-hmm. and like explore that. But um, you should do like seasons based on oh. wherever it is that they are. You could do like a Chicago season and then do a Kansas season oh, yeah. and just do like. I feel like people will get trip. tired of that. Like, can, like oh my god, another <laughs> Chicago. Can I be your so, West Coast correspondent? <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I'll let Chris talk, but, you know, like we've talked about every sort of permutation of, you know, like how we can tell these stories. And like, Chris, definitely you've mentioned podcasts and, mm. you know, and I've mentioned um, a print publication because that's sort of my background. Um, but one thing I, I do think that we know at this time is like, we definitely want to get into a rhythm before we branch out. You know, we don't want to like overextend ourselves before we're even, you know, out of the gate, you know, like it's, it's a week old. So, you know, um, I, I do think like in the future, like, like, Oh man, the, the sky is the limit, like pretty much like we would love to do all of those things. But, uh, but we do have one project, uh, for, for next week, actually. Yes. And to celebrate the pencil day, this is ridiculous. I warn you in advance. Yes, uh, we will be releasing a a, vid- a newsreel 
Yes, we've made a newsreel. Uh, to celebrate Pencil Day. <laughs> Welcome to the International Pencil Day. You think we're kidding. It sounds exactly like <laughs> that's that. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Come join us as millions of Americans come together to celebrate graphite. <laughs> hey, would you like to do a voiceover? <laughs> More than that. <laughs> the thing you just did. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll send you a script. You can, uh, you can record it and email it back to us. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, uh, well, since it's pencil day, what better topic than advertising pencils that advertise pencils? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a ridiculous, like a silly number of, uh, like, like the companies that made these pencils saying like, oh, you could get pencils made with, you know, you know, these slogans at, you know, the American pencil company or whatever. And they all happen to be in New York. Oh, that's fantastic. So we, we did a little walkabout yes. and did some black and white footage and yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. That's very cool. Well, on that note, you too. I think uh, I think we'll we'll button it up. But uh, thank you so so much for for joining the show. Um, yeah, thank you for having yeah. us. Where thank can uh, us this sure. has been really yeah. great? Where can people find Graphite Confidential on the internet? Well, um, the uh, you know the, all of the stories live at graphiteconfidential.com. Um, and then you know we do ridiculous macro photography on our Instagram account at, at Graphite Confidential. And then on Twitter, uh, since Graphite Confidential was too long, <laughs> we are Graphite C O N. So Graphite Con, which is not a convention. Man, when I was going to start Yet. my convention, Yet. I was going to grab it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a convention yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Jess, do you want to uh, plug your your personal social media accounts so people can find you personally? Oh yeah. Um, well, fair warning, you know, you'll get a lot of talk about uh about New York and Pearl Jam. So, uh <laughs> but I'm at <laughs> I'm I'm at Letkeman, L E T K E M A N N on Twitter and at Jess Letkeman on Instagram. Cool. How about you, Chris? Um I on on Instagram and Twitter, I am at Chris Allen Jones. And on Facebook, uh, just facebook.com slash Chris Allen Jones. And also our Graphite Confidential Facebook page is facebook.com slash Graphite Confidential. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much um, for joining us. This has been lots of fun. Uh, Tim, it has. Thank you. Yeah. Tim, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum and you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum because I like to be formal when it comes <laughs> Instagram to is a very formal place. He's a fan, fancy yeah. formal man. I, <laughs> I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at A Wellfley, A W E L F as in Frank, L E. Um, and my blog is at woodclinch.com, although it's been a very long time since I've been updated, since I've updated that. Um, this is the Erasable Podcast. Uh, we are at erasable.us. You've just listened to episode 92. Um, we're getting up there to the three digits. Um, so if you want to find show notes and more information about this episode, we're at erasable.us slash 92. Uh, come join our amazing, amazing Facebook group. Um, really rich community. We have coffee swaps. We have trades, all sorts of things happening there. It's facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. And if you want to uh, check us out, our official voice uh, on the internet, it is uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Erasable Podcast. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you again soon.
The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.